welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Well, the world is in quite a tizzy these days, uh, more than usual, because of the midterm elections being uh, very close at hand, and um, everyone is just going off the rails. Um, Whatever the news uh, stories are, the headlines are, they're turning it besides, you know, Besides the violence and the horror and so on that there, that's just um, inherent in these headlines, uh, they are, t- in addition to that, on another level, people are turning it either for Trump, against Trump, uh, depending upon what network you're listening to or who's talking, and so you're getting this double dose of craziness. And um, so today I'm going to be doing one of my famous rants at the news, at the headlines. Um, There is a lot to talk about. Um, From the pipe bomber to the um, synagogue shooter and other things in between. Um, Let me, uh, first of all, though, start with something that uh, that it's kind of gone underground because there's really nothing happening with this story uh, in a couple of weeks, but I want to bring it up for one reason, and that is the story of Jamie Kloss. Do you remember Jamie Kloss? She is the little girl who was kidnapped, well, we assume she was kidnapped, abducted, um, from a small town where um, her parents were killed, and... um, and when they, someone called 911, it was from her mother's phone, but um, the authorities have been very tight-lipped about a lot of things in this story, and I understand that a lot of times that's needed in order to catch the perpetrator or to not give too much away so that you can uh, convict the perpetrator ultimately at trial and so on. But this has been a story where they have really... Um, I think that they've held too much behind closed doors such that uh, it got in the way of the investigation. Nobody has yet been caught either as the uh, killer of the two parents or as the abductor of Jamie. Um, And maybe that's the same person, presumably, or maybe it isn't. Uh, The motive still isn't known, isn't clarified. And uh, the only thing that came out at the beginning was they were saying that it wasn't Jamie who uh, killed her parents. Now, I'm not quite sure how they know that, but, um, and, but, and they know that she was there when her parents were killed. Um, part of the information comes from a 911 call, but all they heard were noises, screams, and so on, not someone talking to the 911 operator. So we don't really have a clue as to you know, much else other than um, these loud voices that apparently if if something was gleaned from that, able to be gleaned from that, they ain't telling. So um, I was very, I was tweeting up a storm when this happened. Um, I was Kansas Town on edge 
would search for missing teen. That was the news story. And um, the police ruled Jamie Cloth not uh, out as a suspect, or at least saying they're sometimes they or at least saying they are. The police ruled out Jamie Cloth. Uh, or at least saying they are, sometimes turns out, oh, yes, this was my first theory, right. Uh, and it may still be the most likely, but it um, sometimes turns out shy girl has been flattered and trapped under spell a dangerous man who kills her parents to abduct her with promises of romantic life, hope she is found safe. So, yes, you know, we've had numerous instances of teen girls having fallen under a guy's spell, either a teen, you know, boyfriend kind of guy or an older guy, like a teacher or so on, and these um, girls, somehow they get the girl to go along with them, to run away with them, and um, feel like in order to make this happen for a long time, they need to get the parents out of the way. So that's one theory. Then um, I wrote my next tweet, the plot thickens. Uh, Jamie Cloth possibly sighted in Miami in black Ford Explorer with Wisconsin license plate 16OWER, and then I put in question marks. Uh, you know, I was trying to figure out what that stood for. So uh, if that was an I, it could be Isaac Ower, or if it was a one, one sex Ower. I was just, you know, reaching here. With two men in 30s with beards, uh, if it's her, would suggest it's trafficking. Now, this kind of re- relates to, although I didn't quite say it um, directly, but it relates to um, the possibility that uh, she was, that there was a terrorist element in there, terrorist traffickers, and that was more, um, made to seem more likely because the turkey plant, the turkey processing plant, where Jamie's parents worked, had a lot of refugees from Somalia. And, um, you know, there were all kinds of um, protests and so on, uh, and questions about, you know, whether they were terrorists and all of that. So that kind of added that element to it. Then I wrote, my next tweet was, Sheriff's been so tight-lipped about parents' death, only saying gunshots are involved, and Jamie Cloth not a suspect, perhaps was murder-suicide by dad, and his cell called 911, um, and town not in danger, and Jamie left in fear and confusion. Vulnerability makes her endangered. Yes, they kept saying from the beginning, and are still saying, that Jamie is endangered. Now, usually... What that means when in any kind of abduction or whatever, when they say, or somebody wanders off, when they say that somebody is endangered, it means that um, for some physical or most often mental reason, the person is especially vulnerable more than just anybody who was abducted or wandered off would be. And so I was reading a lot of about Jamie. And, for example, something that she answered to a teacher for the homework assignment about what would you do if you had a million dollars, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing, and she said that she would give um, food to the hungry and give the rest to the poor. Now, that's all very well-meaning, but if you think about it, it doesn't really make sense 
because uh, the hungry would most likely be poor. So, you know, that showed a little bit of um, confusion or, you know, um, and then just pictures of her and ways she was described as shy and quiet. And just there were a number of things um, that made me wonder, and I don't have the facts for this, but I'm trying to figure out why she was called endangered. And uh, it makes me wonder whether, has made me wonder whether she is on the autism spectrum or has some other um, kind of psychological problem that um, makes her endangered. Uh, Sweet girl very sweet girl. Everybody loved her. Everybody had only good things to say about her. And it wasn't one of these fake times when someone's missing, so people only say good things about them. It was very genuine. And um, meanwhile, so why I'm bringing this up also is because I wrote, um, she might have been abducted, but if it was murder-suicide, she would certainly be fearful and confused whether she was on her own or taken. My forensic psychiatrist's brain is working overtime to try to pull the few pieces together. Um, then let's see. I was really going to town with this. It was so frustrating, her not being found. Uh, now, again, this, this is from about two weeks ago, and she's, still, she's been missing for two weeks approximately. So Janie Cross report claims someone knocked and shot through door as father answered. It's true and they planned to abduct Jamie, then had to know she wouldn't come to door. How? Saw through window, knew she doesn't answer door, reckless traffickers, or trapped her under cell to plan ahead. So I'm floating all these different theories of what could have happened to her. Um, then lots of theories about disappearance of Jamie Cloth, but no Jamie and no reward money. Why? If reward, suddenly someone might remember something. Um, what are they waiting for? Public needs to put pressure on before it's too late. Bring Jamie back safe. Yes. Do you know that it took, uh, it took a long time for them to finally offer a reward? The amount that's being offered now, the last time that I looked, was $50,000. Now, why it took, yes, it's a small town, but it's got this turkey processing plant, and they contributed to the reward, but, you know, why it took that long to put a reward together and why it's only $50,000, I mean, this is really awful. Um, <laughs> yes, and that's when I stopped tweeting about Jamie, um, because then, we, then another, uh, another mystery story hit, and that was of the pipe bomber. And, of course... Um, it is not just me who stopped tweeting about Jamie. The news cycle in general seems to have moved on, which is very sad. She is on the FBI's um, most wanted list in terms of being missing, not most wanted for being a criminal. Um, and, and it's gone totally quiet. They got 200 people to um, look for clues to fan out from, from her house and look for clues, and nothing. Um, and yet they keep saying that they think she's alive. I'm not sure what uh, additional information they have uh, that they're not saying that tells them that she's alive. But, um, 
and I certainly hope that she is, but they should, I hope it isn't too little too late is all I'm going to say about that, um, and I hope that she is brought back soon. At least maybe maybe somebody's waiting for the reward to go higher than 50000 and there is somebody who does know something out there. But when we come back, we're going to be talking about the next uh, headline, which was Caesar Altieri uh, Sayoc, the pipe bomber, who sent, well, innocent until proven guilty, and um, I'm not so sure that, uh, I think there it might well be more to it. So, um, so it's just kind of a shorthand of saying he sent the bomb, but yes, innocent until proven guilty, and there's certainly a lot to consider. So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787, Hello? and ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll free at 1 866 472 5788. Now back to the show. Here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, ranting about the headlines um, and the craziness that's going on in the world because, as I was saying, uh, it's not just the inherent craziness of each headline and sadness and tragedy and so on, but it is also how each side, the Democrats and the Republicans, are turning the story around uh, in the way that favors them with the upcoming midterm elections. So, folks, you're, if, you're, if you're wondering if it's you, it's, uh, well, maybe it's you, but it's also that um, 
that we're all getting bombarded by double doses of craziness as people get more frantic getting closer to the election. So now we're going to talk about the pipe bomber, uh, Cesar Sayoc. Now, when that happened, which was approximately five days ago, um, I tweeted, bomb scare, why don't media report on ISIS flag attached? Bomb perk equals ISIS, angry Republicans, Democrat who wants to who wants you to blame Republicans, PTSD vet who blames Dems for lack of support for military, uh, package equals typical of psychotic person yet able to find addresses. So basically what I was doing there, right, when I heard about the news was, obviously, pipe bombs, um, was, well, one of the first things that, that came out in one news outlet was how there was what looked like an ISIS flag, um, at least in some of the bomb packages. And on closer inspection, it was a parody of the ISIS flag. But it still brought up the question of ISIS. And um, actually, that report about that was not one of the first reports. It was, uh, I had to dig for it because you know how it is in the media. Nobody wants to talk about ISIS, right? Even 9-11 anniversary, nobody wants to talk about, well, at that point it was like Al-Qaeda, but you know what I mean. Nobody wants to talk about terrorists or terrorism. So, um, so you know, there's still the question of whether, like, why did Caesar Sayoc, um, whose van was discovered, he was identified by DNA and fingerprints. Um, well, let's put it this way. His, his DNA and fingerprints were on some of the packages. But there is still the outstanding question of whether if he did do it, did he act alone? And I think that there is um, a big question mark still about that. Uh, and I will explain why. But let me just go through these um, theories that, um, you know, was, was, I mean, obviously, the, the, most, um, the most obvious, um, you know, thought for who the perpetrator was, was an angry Republican, because these packages were sent to Democrats. Actually, they were sent to enemies of Trump. And, um, and you know, that could be like uh, Democrat enemies like Obama and Hillary. It could be uh, media people like Robert De Niro, who, I mean, presumably these are all Democrats, but um, these are people who spoke out against Trump. So that was, you know, that's sort of the most obvious idea. And sure enough, when they found his van, he had all kinds of stickers on it that showed that he was a pro-Trump person and that he was an anti-Democrat person and anti-the people who he, possibly he, presumably he, sent the bombs to. So it seemed kind of like um, an open and shut case, but it, it really isn't. And then, of course, one of the other theories is that it was, it was a Democrat who wanted you to think that it was a Republican, a Trump lover. And, and it was a Democrat doing this right before the midterms to get people to be angry at Republicans for sending these pipe bombs. I mean, that's, kind of, you know, that's the next level of hypothesis. 
Um, then also a, a vet with PTSD because there were the stamps that were used were, the, were American flag stamps. And, um, and so I was thinking that, you know, perhaps a, a vet with PTSD who aimed these packages at uh, Democrats because the Democrats aren't as uh, eager to supply money to the military. And then, of course, um, the package is what really got me. Because as a psychiatrist who has worked with um, many psychotic people, starting from when I was a psychiatric resident at NYU Bellevue, um, I have seen lots of packages that schizophrenics have put together and that people with manic depressive illness, also now called bipolar illness, have put together. And there were characteristics of these packages that were right off the bat were classic psychotic kinds of packages. So um, that is why I said that. And that part actually is turning out to um, be somewhat true in the sense that um, we don't know exactly. I mean, I think it was in my mind he's either paranoid schizophrenic or uh, has manic depressive illness, and in either case, is not on his meds. Um, then, let's see. Then pipe bombs are sent by a Unabomber copycat. This is another tweet, my, my next tweet in the series. Pipe bombs are sent by a Unabomber copycat. Both these domestic terrorists are evil geniuses with a touch of madness who want attention for their political beliefs. Current bombers' grandiosity adds parody of ISIS flag. So that's how I interpreted why he put the ISIS flag and, and made it a parody. Then I wrote, Bomb scare is not over. Just like Unabomber, the pipe bomber has more up his sleeve. We know he's angry, wants attention, and wants to make his point, which we've yet to discover, may be more complex than wanting to scare or kill enemies of POTUS, the president. Um, next one, I tweeted, story of bomber Caesar Sayoc spiral downward began with dad's abandonment, family's inability to get psychiatric treatment for his mental illness, uh, society's escalating divisiveness, and more. Can't blame all on POTUS. Need better mental health awareness and access. I mean, this, this is the thing, and what I'm going to talk about the synagogue shooter. And here, um, Caesar, Sayak, the pipe bomber, was uh, pro-Trump. He loved Trump, and really it was because Trump uh, became a father figure. He he projected onto Trump his need for a father figure. And in his, you know, uh, convoluted mind, he saw Trump as a father figure who was going to protect him, who was going to include him. He felt totally, you know, we have a lot of information about him from the family lawyer who represented his mother and represented him. Um, a while ago, but saw him over the years and saw how ever since he was a young teenager, when his father abandoned him and went back to the Philippines, 
that that's when um, uh, Caesar's mental illness began showing itself, and that's kind of, that's actually more typical of schizophrenia um, in the in teen years. But in, so in any case, he was he he had a lack of identity. He was looking for an identity, and um, his mother is Italian. And he adopted for a while the identity of the Seminole Indians, but he's not Seminole Indian, but, you know, he, he is presumably psychotic, and that's what he latched on to, just like now he latched on to Trump. So, okay, so he loves Trump. He has all these pro-Trump stickers all over his van. You cannot miss it that he loves Trump, okay? So then what did the media do? They blame Trump because, um, you know, Trump incited him. It was Trump who told him, essentially, to go out and send pipe bombs, which, of course, is not true. Um, all Trump's fault. And then we're, we're going to talk in a little while about the synagogue shooter who hated Trump. <laughs> he did not like Trump. Um, so, so then they blamed his uh, rampage on Trump as well, even though he didn't like Trump. I mean, it makes no sense, okay? Uh, well, it makes sense to people who are desperate to try to win more seats in Congress. But anyway, staying with Caesar for a while, um, in 2000, around 2002, he had a fight with the gas company because um, they turned off his, his gas um, or his electricity. You know, the, um, he, he's never really kept a job for long. He's a, a loner. He moves from one place to the other. He was a body builder, um, which also makes me think that steroids might be added to this mental illness mix. Uh, it could be a steroid psychosis, except I don't think, um, you know, when he was 14 or so, uh, an early teen, and was already showing signs of mental illness, I don't know that he was, I don't think he had started using steroids by then, but steroids could certainly have compounded whatever genetic predisposition he had to mental illness. Um, but anyway, he threatened the gar- gas company that he was going to bomb them or attack them in a way that was even worse than 9-11. So if you add that to the ISIS flag, um, we have to rule out any kind of influence of ISIS on this because those two things are red flags. What else? Um, he, the lawyer said that he was always showing him photograph albums uh, where he would be with other strippers. He worked for a while as a male stripper, and he worked for a while as a manager of strippers, and he had these different photographs of him with other people to try to impress people who he was showing the album to. So he would have these photographs with other strippers, and they would sign them and so on. Um, the attorney said he has emotional problems, um, and you know that he saw him having emotional problems from his early teen years on. Um, and when we come back, I will talk more about him. But one of the things that I think is really interesting is that the lawyer, who, as I said, has been a family lawyer for years, um, including representing him. Uh, he has said that he doesn't think he has the mental capacity, the intelligence to have put the bombs together. Now, granted, they didn't go off, but still. We'll talk more about that when we come back. Uh, and other things in the headlines. We'll also be talking about the synagogue shooting and, 
and other news as well. If there's time, we'll go beyond that. So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. the experts call toll free right now 1-866-472-5787 Hello? and ask our all-star team to answer your question that's 1-866-472-5787 thank you for calling voiceamerica.com are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times do you want help then contact dr carol lieberman today at www.drcarol.com Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, having a rant at the headlines, the latest headlines. Um, and I was just before the break, I was talking about Caesar Sayoc, who is arrested as having been the pipe bomber. And um, I was telling you about how his lawyer, who's known the family for a long time and known him for a long time, um, has, you know, said that his um, he has some kind of mental illness and, um, and that his family, and this is sort of one of the take-home points that I would like to make, um, his family supposedly tried to get him into mental health treatment and he didn't want to go. Now, here's the thing. <laughs> when they say that they first noticed him having mental problems when he was around 14, when his father abandoned him, okay, that's when he went, started to go down the tubes because it was traumatic. And especially his father went back to the Philippines. So, you know, it's not like he was uh, living in the next town. So um, when you have a 14-year-old child... There should be no reason why you can't get mental health treatment for him. I mean, you might have to take him kicking and screaming. You might have to call the police on him um, when he's maybe being belligerent or, you know, having some kind of tantrum in public or something. But there is no way that you um, can... Ex- there, there are no excuses for not getting him into mental health treatment. Now, sometimes um, 
you know, like what we saw with the Parkland shooter, that um, that was another example of him not being in treatment, although apparently he had some brushes with treatment, but they didn't put him, they didn't hospitalize him against his will. So even if Caesar would have, I don't know that he needed to be hospitalized against his will, although maybe when he was threatening the gas company to uh, do an attack or even the 9-11, that would have been a time. But, um, you know, and, and he slipped through the cracks. And so then what happens? So then after they don't get him mental health treatment, they, his mother threw him out of the house. She was angry that he wouldn't go for treatment, and she was angry that he wouldn't keep a steady job, even though it was his mental health problems that were uh, preventing him from keeping a steady job. I mean, his jobs as a, as a male stripper and as a DJ and um, as a manager for strippers and so on, I and mean, even though he wasn't as successful with these, and he started two companies, a cleaning company, like a, a cleaners, and um, well, I forget what the other company was, but they really did not last long. He named, he, he got as far as naming them, but didn't, was not able to make any money on them uh, being in business for himself, which is actually kind of an interesting point because it goes back to um, the idea that could he have done all these pipe bombs by himself? The attorney said he didn't have the intellectual capacity. Uh, there was the ISIS flag on some of the bombs, the threatening of the gas company about 9-11. Um, you know, all of these things. Could he really have made all of these bombs himself and gotten the addresses of uh, Obama and the Clintons and all these other people, you know, he, I mean, some of these people who he sent, again, he's not guilty until, he, he's innocent until proven guilty, but some of these people who he sent the bombs to, they were very sophisticated people. I mean, what I mean is very, you had to be sophisticated to sort of figure out who these people were and why they, you know, what they've said against Trump because he was trying, you know, he was, going against anybody, sending them to people who were against Trump and so on. And some of these people were somewhat, um, you know, I mean, okay, Clinton and Obama are pretty obvious, but some of the other people, a lot of the other people were a lot less obvious. So either he's been spending lots of time watching the news, listening and listening to the news and reading and so on, and somehow putting it all together and getting the addresses and then doing this really clever thing. Of, uh, for some of the packages, of um, having it be with a return address um, to Debbie Wasserman Schultz. Um, where, so in other words, when they didn't get to the person who he was trying to send them to, they would get back to her and it would be more likely that somebody in her office would open it up because it was like a return to her. Now, that is very abstract thinking and sophisticated thinking. And I do not believe um, that he could have figured all of these details out. So, you know, was it an ISIS influence? Was it somebody else? Just, um, you know, uh, for a, a political reason? I don't know. But um, clearly he was... You know, I've talked about this where people who have problems are very vulnerable. Like, it's not a question of mental illness or uh, terrorists. Uh, because people who 
have mental illness are much more vulnerable to the agendas of others, whether they are ISIS agendas or any kind of other agenda, especially someone like Caesar who was feeling lost, who wanted to feel important, who wanted attention. Nobody was giving him attention. Um, you know, he would be a sitting duck for someone who wanted to use him, you know, like tell him to touch the package. So it would be his DNA and his fingerprints on the package. I, 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 we, just remember, if, that, if, you, if that's what it turns out to be, you heard it here first, okay? <laughs> what did I write? Um, some of my tweets, no sooner was there, no sooner was, now we're going into the, uh, to the synagogue shooter. No sooner was Caesar Altieri Sayak caught, an angry man with mental illness, but another now in headlines for shooting at Pittsburgh synagogue. Too much rage in our country and our world. Time to take a breath and stop the hate. Then um, many tragic ironies in Pittsburgh shootings. Synagogue calls Tree of Life. Victims were celebrating a baby, were celebrating life with a baby naming. And Rabbi's life was saved because stayed home with, for sick wife. Hate crimes in places of worship are especially shattering and chilling. R.I.P. Now, um, as you, you know, may well know, there was a um, shooting at a synagogue in Pittsburgh, the Tree of Life Synagogue, which actually happened to have, it was a Saturday morning, so a Sabbath. There were three services going on in the temple, three different congregations who used that building, the temple building. And a man came in, an anti-Semitic man, uh, came in with guns and started shooting. And um, so in that tweet, I was talking about the irony that the synagogue was called the Tree of Life, and the irony that there was a baby naming. Some reports said it was a bris, um, and some said a baby naming. It could have been both at the same time. Um, but basically, that is celebrating the life of a baby, a, a new person coming into the world, just as this monster was killing and wounding people and sending them out of this world. And then there was the story of one of the rabbis connected to the temple who is, was always there, you know, rabbis are usually always there on Saturday mornings or Friday nights uh, to lead services. And this one particular rabbi stayed home this time because his wife was sick and she asked him to stay home. You know, it's kind of like at the World Trade Center, all these stories of um, people who would have been in the building on 9-11 had they not had a doctor's appointment or some kind of family engagement or they had to take their child to school that day. Um, you know, all these twists of fate, and you just you have to... You have to just wonder about that, you know, why certain people's lives were spared. Um, well, I then tweeted Robert Bowers, that was his name, the gunman's name, the Pittsburgh synagogue shooter who shouted, all Jews must die, will now owe his life 
to the Jews taking care of him in hospital. Will he acknowledge this ironic lesson, be grateful, or continue to hate? Yes. I mean, you know, um, this happens in Israel all the time with um, the Israel ambulances, um, Magen David Adom. They pick up anybody who is injured or ill, and a lot of times it is Palestinian terrorists who they pick up and bring to Israeli hospitals and treat and save their lives. And that is what is happening to this incredibly anti-Semitic man, Robert Bowers, who uh, was taken to a hospital and who had people on the staff of that hospital taking care of him who was Jewish, so, who were Jewish. So if all Jews must die, if all Jews would have died, um, he would not, his life wouldn't have been saved. So is that going to have any impact on him? I'd love to say, uh, yes, it will turn him around. <laughs> but somehow um, his hate seemed to be so ingrained that I'm, I really doubt that that will happen. But you never know, and you, it's important to have hope. Um, he, um, you know, he, we don't know as much about his background, his childhood, and so on. Um, I don't think there is evidence of severe, as severe mental illness as with Caesar, but, um, you know, some people could argue, it could be argued, that anyone who has that much hate inside of them have some degree of mental illness. Now, he used a web um, platform uh, called Gab, where um, you can... Put you can write anything. Unlike Twitter, where you lose tw Twitter followers if they don't like what you write. Um, but on Gab, there was lots of hate speech, and um, before you know First Amendment um, purposes, that they purposely allow that to happen so that uh, there will be a space for them. And when we come back, I will tell you what his handle, his moniker on Gab was, which actually uh, was a red flag that this was a man who was going to be violent. So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787, Hello? and ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com 
Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking, ranting about the recent headlines. I was talking to you about the Pittsburgh Synagogue shooter, um, whose name is Robert Bowers. He managed to kill... 11 people and wound um, several others. And, you know, some are still in questionable condition in the hospital, so there might be more deaths, hopefully not. But before the break, I was starting to tell you that his um, moniker on the um, website uh, Gab, which is an alternate website to Twitter, but it's like that. It's one that allows hate speech and any kind of speech. His moniker was One Dingo. And a dingo um, is a feral dog, a wild dog. So this was a man who, I mean, not that, you know, not that anyone would look at that and know uh, specifically from his calling himself One Dingo that he was going to go uh, one day in October and attack the Pittsburgh uh, synagogue, the Tree of Life synagogue, although all of his, pretty much all of his um, posts on this site were incredibly anti-Semitic and incredibly angry and violent. So one could have surmised that he was likely to do some kind of violent act towards Jews. Um, so, what else can I tell you about him? Well, there's funerals going on today in Pittsburgh. They've started having the funerals. Um, President Trump is on his way there, uh, as I'm uh, doing this show. And uh, he invited, Trump invited, people from Congress and other people to come with him. I mean, uh, his wife went with him, you know, to attend the funerals and to express his uh, sympathies and so on, which he has already been doing. But I, I found this mind-blowing that um, even though he invited, you know, people are criticizing him for, for going there. Like, you know, some of the people even in Pittsburgh <laughs> are criticizing him for, for coming at all or coming now or, you know, and if he didn't come, they'd criticize him for not coming, right? Um, but in any case, so... With people, um, even though he is going and he invited other people from Congress to come with him to express their sympathies and so on, no one came. No one came with him. Not one person from Congress, not one. uh, There were other officials um, who didn't come either. And yet they're criticizing him for going. I mean, this makes no sense whatsoever. Um. What else do I want to tell you? Well, now, one of the reasons why uh, Robert Bowers did this heinous act now when he did it uh, is because because there is this group, H-I-A-S, 
is a group of Jewish people who um, originally started the group to help Jewish refugees settle in this country and um, then continued the helping refugees, not necessarily Jewish refugees, but just refugees, uh, helping people come into the country even after there was the, the, the major migration of Jews was over. Um, and so, so Robert Bowers was angry about the idea that there would be more refugees coming into the country. And so he blamed the Jews for helping the migrants. And, um, and I want to, must tell you, though, not all Jews, <laughs> uh, I mean, that's, you know, obviously that's a very warm-hearted thing, and people who formed this organization did it out of the goodness of their heart and extended it beyond the original Jewish people who they helped to help other people. I mean, how can you, you know, you can't, I mean, you can't fault them for wanting to help people, but um, I will get into the whole migrant story in a little bit. Um, but anyhow, so that is why he erupted at this particular time. Um, the, there's been a, a statistic uh, mentioned that hate crimes, anti-Semitic incidents in particular, are up 57%. And, you know, and, and of course, you know, people want to blame that on Trump. It's kind of ironic that in some ways he has expressed, Robert Bowers, the synagogue shooter, has expressed hatred of Trump. And yet, at the same time, you would think he would like Trump because um, Trump is trying to stop the migrants at the border. But, you know, nothing is making sense these days. So uh, if you just go with that, you will understand. Now, one of the positive things to come out of this is that there's a Muslim group in Pittsburgh who, um, from the beginning, from when this happened, they have been very... They've been right up there. They put up a, uh, a website or a GoFundMe page um, for people to donate money. Lots of people have donated money, and this Muslim Pittsburgh uh, organization is uh, going to be distributing it. But not just are they helping with money. They're also, they're also there, and they're also available to help people, like if they need to go to the store, all kinds of things like that, helping people who mourn, and it's not just the families of the people who were killed, but the whole congregation. So that is, you know, that is beautiful. That's, um, you know, if we were, if we were all like that, um, we wouldn't have these kinds of things. But, oh, I was starting to say, um, although, although people, particularly now with the midterms coming, want to blame Trump for everything, as I said, both the synagogue shooter and the uh, pipe bomber, um, one of the, you know, people want to blame Trump for these horrible things that are happening. But um, really, if you look at it, colleges, there is a lot of anti-Semitism happening at colleges. And I'm going to be talking more about that, not today, but um, I just recently became more aware of just how much that movement has grown at colleges. And it is very scary. It's not about Trump. Um, it's It's a lot of hate that is um, filtering into colleges. Now, I'm starting to say about the migrants, um, not all Jews, I'm Jewish, and so not all Jews are um, thinking that it's a great idea to bring in the migrant caravan. Now, I don't know that that organization 
either, for that matter, was okay with bringing in the migrant caravan, although it may well have looked that way to Robert Bowers because, in general, they were uh, kind to refugees. But, um, but I am very much against and this migrant caravan being let in, and I tweeted this morning, of course, migrant caravans must be stopped. There's no end to people wanting asylum and welfare. Open borders would also let in terrorists, criminals, gangs, illness, and deplete health care. Don't let politics overrun common sense. Look what invasion did to Europe. So, um, you know, there have been, and I attached it to an article that talks about how clearly this has been an organized caravan. These people in Honduras and, um, you know, all the different Central American countries where they're coming from, primarily Honduras, um, they did not wake up one day and say, huh, why don't we form a caravan? Um, and trek all across Mexico, 2,000 miles, to come to the United States. That's a great idea. And then they all just got together and, and did it. I mean, really, there is no way that that would have been possible. So clearly there are people behind this, organizing this, and providing food, providing, um, in some cases, there are a lot of trucks that are picking up these people and helping them go further towards America. Um, You know, it it, it is organized. And, I mean, there are, unfortunately, a lot of the world, it's not just the Honduras, it's not just some countries in Central America, there is a lot of the world who is in poverty. There is a lot of the world where there isn't enough money to... um, to pay for their their basic needs. And that's very sad, and we need to work to help these countries to develop more. But we can't simply have open borders and let people come in without, you know, without quarantining them for illnesses. And and just what I wrote as I tweet, what I just read to you. Um, and, And if we look at Europe, Germany, France, the U.K., we see what happens when people were lax with their borders. Well, I'll be talking more about that, I am sure, in future shows. But um, for now, that is a wrap-up of uh, the headlines that have caused me to rant. You make your own decision, but uh, thank you for listening to my opinion. As a psychiatrist (laughs) and a terrorist expert, terrorist therapist, So thanks for listening. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat. 